What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the Two Minute Drill. I'm Dan Malin, joined as always by Mike Alexander. We are recapping Week 17 and taking a quick look at the Wild Card round. Mike, how was Week 17 for you? I know most of our championships were in the books. Uh, you and I kind of agree it's not the greatest week for DFS. Right, and, and my sentiment there is, you know, you, you get these weird substitution kind of situations like Ty Montgomery, and it just becomes a headache for me to, like, decide, you know, do, do I use them because everyone else is? Um, it just adds a layer that I don't always enjoy. Um, but, yeah, the one lineup I built was was pretty good because I, uh, I stacked some Titans and, uh, and had a nice score. All right. Well, I'm very curious to get your take on the first topic. Uh, I want to talk to Eagles. They are your favorite team. Uh, seemingly handed over the division uh, to the Washington football team. It was a bizarre scenario. Eagles pulled Jalen Hurts from Sunday night's game when they were only down one possession. Hurts wasn't throwing it particularly well. Still had two rushing touchdowns. And in his place came Nate Sudfeld. Not Carson Wentz, Nate Sudfeld. Um, and we, we discussed this before the podcast that Doug Peterson did say that they were going to try and get Sudfeld some reps. It just seemed like really awful and awkward timing to do that when you're still within reach of winning the game. Ultimately, it feels like it was a total screw job by Philadelphia. If you were following any of the Giants players on Twitter uh, during the game, their reactions were pretty good. Um, do, do you think the NFL needs to step in regarding this? Uh, pretty clear they mailed it in. And I mean, honestly, like if you're trying to improve your draft stock or your draft pick, fine. Uh, it was it was very awkward, and, and almost even when Washington won the game and were coming onto the field, there was very little celebration. It almost seems like they knew that it was just handed to them on a platter. Yeah, I mean, if the Giants players have a problem with it, maybe they should have went better than six and ten. Uh, Fair. That, that's point. a good way to get into the playoffs. Uh, they had ten other games <laughs> that they could have won. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe go eight and eight and win the easiest division in the history of the NFL. Um, you know, if you got if you got something to chirp about, but. Uh, yeah, as far as an Eagles fan, it, it was a little odd. Uh, like I said, we, we did somebody did point out that, that Doug mentioned wanting to get Sudfeld reps, and you know if you if you analyze that, it is probably because he knew okay, I don't want to win this game. I want to get the sixth pick instead of the ninth or tenth pick, and uh, you know let me let me throw this out there as cover so that when I if I have to do it, I can, um, you know. Uh, I'm not surprised it wasn't Wentz. It sounds like he's all but said his time in Philly is is at an end, uh, unless there's some major mending offenses. You know that he's saying his his relationship with uh, Doug Peterson is irreparably damaged. Um, uh, you know the guy gave you more chances than any single coach probably would have in the NFL. He stuck with the with Carson Wentz through so much poor play. So to see Wentz being kind of a baby about it. Um, I'm not going to be that sad to see him go. Uh, what might be sad is the amount of the contract they have to eat that was enormous they gave him in the offseason. So um, it's a weird situation. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be completely floored if Wentz somehow did manage to get one more shot. Uh, you know, keep the if they decide let's keep the band together. Howie, Doug, and 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 Carson Wentz with some of the key guys like Jason Kelsey that are probably. You know they're probably not going to want to stick around for for a rebuild. Um, but it, and at the end of the day, I think it is time that they start turning corners on a lot of these guys and a lot of these contracts that are huge. Uh, they got doled out because of the, the Super Bowl season, and uh, you know now they're paying for it. 
Uh, Jonathan Taylor had himself a day with a pair of touchdowns and over 200 yards rushing. Over his last four games, he totaled 560 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, could he be the Miles Sanders of next year where we're seeing a rookie running back coming off a phenomenal finish to the season, and thus this just like makes their draft stock spike? Yeah, I, I, I think he's probably pushed himself up to the to the end of the first round, beginning of the second round with the performance, you know, running backs are so hard to find that, that are going to have volume and um, talent in that combination. And I believe Marlon Mack is a free agent. Um, you know, uh, Naheem Hines is a passing compliment and you don't love that. You want, you want your, your first round back to catch passes, but that doesn't preclude Taylor from being a decent pass catcher. It seems like he, he has the ability. He's gotten some, uh, work in the passing game this year, you know. Uh, I think a lot depends on what they do at quarterback. Uh, if a guy like Wentz heads out there, then it's going to be more of a, a passing-oriented orient, offense if Philip Rivers wants to give it one more go. Um, they're going to lean on Jonathan Taylor and the running game very heavily. So um, that'll be, that'll be a, a big determining factor for me is what can you project that offense to look like. Yeah, do you think that if Philip Rivers leaves, and I know it leaves, and I know it does uh, impact, it does depend on who would come in. Um, could Rivers leaving have a negative impact on Taylor? Because my thing is, is that if they get a quarterback that's less than Rivers, you know, they don't like opposing defenses don't necessarily need to respect the pass, and they could end up just stacking the box. You know, this is a really good offensive line. They haven't performed up to that elite level this year, in my opinion. Uh, but I feel like any worse quarterback could possibly uh, lead to, you know, just more stacked boxes for Jonathan Taylor to run against. Right. I doubt they're going to get caught with their pants down. Um, they know Rivers may retire. He probably is even doing a team-friendly kind of thing and saying, like, you guys tell me, if you have a quarterback, I'm happy to retire. If not, you know, I can probably give it one more go. Uh you know, they, they know what they have in Jacoby Brissett, so they're probably keeping him in a backup role. And, you know, like, like everybody does talk about Wentz because of the Frank Wright connection. Um, you know, it's probably not going to be all that expensive to get Wentz. Really, the only thing you need to do is eat more of that contract to pull that off, and you've got a guy that before this year was, you know, a, a top 15, top 10 quarterback uh, when healthy. So, um They'll have they'll have options. I, I I see Rivers probably retiring and them having a suitable replacement. All right, the Miami Dolphins will miss the playoffs after their loss to the Bills. Ryan Fitzpatrick was unavailable. Uh, he couldn't come in to save the day uh, for a third time this season. Um, not sure he really could have helped because it was an absolute yeah. bulldozing by Buffalo uh, yeah. on the Dolphins. Tua Tua did not look very good. Uh, maybe unfair on my part to criticize him. He's coming off a pretty serious hip injury a year ago, but overall, just based on what I've seen this year, haven't been impressed. Should the Dolphins look at a quarterback with the third pick this year in the draft, or should they just go the safe route and take Penny Sewell to bolster the offensive line? I think that they should go for another quarterback. Uh, I mean, we've seen, we saw the Cowboys do this in 1990 when they took Troy Aikman, and then in the supplemental draft that year, they took, uh, I think it was Steve Walsh. Uh, but ultimately, do you think Miami goes with a quarterback here? I think it would be the right move. Uh, you know, it does kind of create a, a sticky situation with what do you do with Tua? You're probably not going to get a first rounder for him. It's probably an early second, right. and that's that's a pretty big hit to take. But 
if you look at it from the perspective of, okay, we can get Justin Fields if he's there, um, or the BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson, I think. Um, yep. You know, if you if you have a grade on these guys, if you have a read on them that says this is a future quarterback that is going to be long-term successful in the NFL, uh, I think you have to pull the trigger. And the thing that compounds that is, to his hip injury, I forget the timetable I read, but, um, you know, obviously it's an inexact science of, of predicting his career, but, you know, this, this particular orthopedic doctor believed that Tua's career could only last somewhere around six years, given the wear and tear of an NFL quarterback and, and what he had going on with the hip recovery. Um, I haven't seen any update to that, but, you know, you, you just burned one of them kind of by bringing him in in the middle <laughs> of the season. So, like, if you're saying you got five years left, he needs another year of development, like, I don't know. If you had the right quarterback there at three, you, you probably aren't going to be back there again because it wasn't your draft pick. It was the Tex, uh, the, yeah, the Texans, um, and you're not going to have that ace in your sleeve anymore. So uh, I would say pull the trigger if if Fields or Wilson is the guy for you. you know? I kind of agree with you because, like, I, if they didn't have two first-round picks again this year, I think that they would probably just try to – work with to it and get him more offensive linemen. But I think that they do have the comfort of a second first rounder. I'm with you. Like, I think that they should go for another quarterback. Um, I don't think two is going to be the answer. Um, How much of this falls on? Go ahead. If they don't take a quarterback, they really need to trade back and, and take some of this, this draft capital they've stockpiled for 2021 uh, and move it to 2022 where you'll have some more holes to probably fill because they've got a ton of picks. Um, you know, if they can move back to like seventh or eighth or even sixth, the Eagles are a team that's not afraid to, to make a deal. Um, yeah, you, you can add some future picks. All right. Looking at Derrick Henry once again, seems like it's, it's just weekly programming with us discussing Derrick Henry, uh, once again, had a huge game. Uh, I mean, if anyone else was doing this, uh, not even on a weekly basis, but just popping off for these games. I mean, we talked about Jonathan Taylor, but it just seems like Derrick Henry has these 200 yard performances in him any given week. Uh, rushed for 250 rushing yards for, th- for the uh, over 200 yards for the third time this season. Uh, had one at least 100 rushing yards 10 times this season. We talk him up uh, for a lot of reasons, but what are your expectations for Tennessee in the postseason? Obviously, the matchup this weekend is one of the premier matchups on the whole six-game slate uh, for the wild card round. We'll talk about those a little bit. But do you think that basically Derrick Henry's just going to have to go for oh, maybe 150 yards in every game for the Titans to have a really legitimate shot at making the Super Bowl? Yeah, we talked about this earlier in the year. It was like their defense is not going to hold anyone. Uh, so their offense is going to have to light it up. So, um, and they've they've held up their end of the bargain more often than not. The offense, uh, like I mentioned, I, I just stacked Titans kind of lazily uh, <laughs> to build my Week 17 lineup, and it worked out very nicely. Um, you know that that becomes a harder sell in the playoffs. You know, defenses um, are going to be much more motivated knowing that they're one step closer to a Super Bowl or, or conference championship. But, um, you know, it's just it, – the yardage is crazy. Uh, you know, I think it was Aiden Kweskin, one, uh, a guy we both like to follow on Twitter, saying, like, if you're not betting over 233 for, for Derrick Henry to, to get to 2K, uh, 2,000 yards on the season, like, are you even having fun betting? Um, I just remember thinking, like, that's such a crazy number. Like, 
taking the over on 233 <laughs> for any running back in any situation, that's right. that just seems insane to me. And he goes out and drops 250. So, um, uh, you know, there, there's nothing Derrick Henry can't do in the running game uh, when the situation is right, apparently. All right. So we are going to wrap it up. This will be the last podcast of the year for us, but I do want to pick your brain a little bit. Is the Ravens-Titans game the one game you're looking forward to most on Wild Card Weekend? Definitely. We just talked about the Titans and, and how they, they, you know, the defense gives up points and the offense can cause the track meet uh, effect. The Ravens, their defense isn't what it was last season. Lamar Jackson finally is seeming to be right uh, or as right as he'll get without major time off in the offseason. Um, and the Ravens are seeming, I think they're all the way over their COVID issues, you know, so they've got some cohesion again, probably. Uh, and, you know, the, the engine that drives that machine, Lamar Jackson, is going to be flashing. Mildly interested in Colts' bills. You know, the Bills' offense uh, is just taking huge strides this year. Uh, Josh Allen especially, obviously, with the three touchdowns to Diggs this weekend. Um, the Colts, you know, out of the dome, I don't know if they can force the track meet. But Jonathan Taylor, man, uh, he he's not a guy who who's – He's used to running in the cold weather, uh, coming, right. coming from the Big Ten in Wisconsin. So um, I think uh, there is a scenario there where that game also explodes. Yeah, I think you hit on like the right games uh, to definitely look forward to. Really like Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I know they played in Week 17, but that's not like it's not the real matchup. Like Big Ben didn't play. Yeah. So I mean, like that that's definitely worthy worthy of being in primetime on Sunday night. But the one the one really weird game, this isn't really out that I'm excited for the game. I'm more so ex- excited for the broadcast. But Bears at New Orleans Sunday at 440. This is the Nickelodeon game from yeah. all accounts. Uh, it's not on Nickelodeon. I thought it was for the longest time. But it's going to be on CBS. But it's going to be – it's sponsored by Nickelodeon. I don't know. I've heard that they're going to incorporate slime – a lot of just I really, like it. I do too. I'm kind of look. looking forward to it. It's going to be a pretty. It could be a stale game, and at least you know the childish aspect of this could right. spice it up. I just hope the MVP gets a piece of the aggro crag, or like a blimp like they used yeah. to do at the Kids Choice Awards. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Mike, uh, for your time. Uh, I normally say best of luck to the FA Nation, but I, I mean, if you're playing DFS, that works out. But Mike, thank you so much for your time. Uh, every Monday night doing these podcasts. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, We hope to be back next year. Uh, If you're playing DFS this weekend, uh, enjoy the games. And, Mike, best of luck to you and best of luck to the FA Nation.